I'm Josh Durso for FingerLakes1.com, and today on the FO one Daily Podcast, an official from Hobart and William Smith Colleges responds to a story published by our newsroom last week. You'll be hearing from Rob Flowers, VP for Campus Life at HWS, who spoke with Ted Baker on Finger Lakes News Radio just moments before recording this. He responded to some of the key points of our story, which included concerns about safety of students and staff. Flowers contends that despite challenges, the colleges have led with a good faith effort to keep the community safe and informed throughout the pandemic. A special thanks to our friends, including Ted Baker at Finger Lakes News Radio for allowing us to share this conversation. Good morning, 749 Finger Lakes Morning News. We're Zooming this morning with the Vice President of Student Life at Hobart and William Smith Colleges in Geneva, Rob Flowers. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing well. First, my disclaimer here, as many folks know, I am employed part-time by the colleges on WEOS and WHWS, uh, doing sports and a few other things. Also, uh, I have known Rob, and Rob and his wife Katie have been very kind to me and have been very supportive of what I do, uh, both here on this station and on the campus stations over the years. So uh, there was recently some reporting in Finger Lakes 1 about the college's response to COVID-19. It quotes anonymous members of the campus community and and basically focuses on three major areas. One is safety precautions on campus. The second is accuracy and transparency in reporting positive COVID tests. And the third is food delivery to students who are quarantined. Is that a, did I summarize the reporting accurately? I I think you did, Ted, absolutely. All right, so Rob is here to uh, respond today on behalf of the colleges. I'm not going to have a whole lot to say here, so uh, the floor is yours. Oh, sure. Ted, thank you very much. And certainly thanks for all the good reporting uh, that you all have done throughout the pandemic. I think as we sit here today, I I was uh, struck that yesterday was a year to the date when we began notifying students uh, that they weren't going to come back from spring break and that we were going into a shutdown. And certainly for students, for staff, for faculty, since that time, it's It's been like it has been for everyone, an unprecedented time, but certainly a time that's required us to do some things that we never thought we would do in the past, like uh, like move to a completely remote model of learning for what has been for nearly 200 years, a residential liberal arts institution. So that was a big change. And I was, uh, we've certainly done our best throughout the course of the last uh, year to communicate with our all of our constituencies with because they all brought with them different concerns students had concerns about having to leave i think understanding the the scope of the pandemic was difficult at times for students there was fear that was being certainly shared we all had some of it certainly but then there was also just the the understanding of my my college career has been completely disrupted we Ted, you were on the road as was i trying to go to uh, final events for our winter sports last year when this all stopped our spring sports stopped immediately those students never had an opportunity to compete again so there has been a a a learning curve for us all as i've said to our uh, students and our student governments and to our faculty and our staff as this is for everyone this is for those of us trying to, to manage this on campus this is our first pandemic as well and we're doing our best to get through it I know, Ted, if I don't want to just keep speaking, is there anything that you wanted to ask specifically or I can go on? Well, I know that the article I read, uh, the, the people who are making some of these complaints, and, and they were granted anonymity by Finger Lakes One, uh, they spoke of you in very good terms and, and said you've been working with some of these various groups and, and 
people in the campus community to address some of these concerns. So, so have you been aware that that in some areas the response may not have been as good as it could have been? I'd, I'd say this. I think that the everybody comes to the table with concerns and with the fear and frustration that we've all seen and that's been manifest certainly in every possible way you can imagine. The, the concerns, so we'll take, for instance, the concerns about transparency in the reporting of data. There's just simply misunderstandings about that. And even to the point of at the state level, there was a period a couple of weeks ago where we sent out a clarifying notice about what the state expects from us and how we ship our, our, our data to the state every day on a Friday, that guidance changed over the weekend and I had to re-clarify it on the Monday following that because the guidance was new at that point. There's some misunderstandings in the article from folks about there being no means by which our data is checked. I think people don't understand that all of our data is reported to both the state and the county before it comes to us. So we, we're reporting it and we have the data, but it's reported to all of our, any tests that we ship out to have processed, that data automatically goes to the state and the county. There was pieces in the article regarding uh, how we test people while they're in quarantine and whether or not we somehow, I think there's a misunderstanding that we test people and we don't report all or we report some and that skews data. I, I think that th those are areas where once a person tests positive, by all accounts, state, county, federal, CDC guidance, you don't test that person anymore because they've already tested positive and they're going to carry the antibodies going forward. I, I think that as part of this, as much communication as we've attempted to do, there are times when perhaps I've been at the face of it. And so I think folks will understand I'm doing my best on this. But when they don't talk to others, it's just the where do you play? Where do you push that anxiety and that stress? And I think there's some of that that was happening in those conversations. I was at the Geneva Rotary Club meeting earlier this year when President Jacobson uh, gave a presentation on the college's plan for quarantining. My understanding is that hotel rooms were reserved in Geneva in the event they were going to be needed. Uh, if students did have to quarantine, they'd be given all the Internet they needed to do classes online, and they would be delivered meals. That was one of the complaints in this article, is that uh, either some students didn't get meals or got meals of poor quality. Would you like to address that? You bet, Ted. That's that's a, it's fair. When we started this, at the beginning of this, we were we we didn't know what that was going to look like. We didn't have a full understanding of, of of what that process would be. I think we got better at it throughout the course of the semester. But I'd say, and I think our dining staff and our, our all of our staff would would admit that we it took us a while to ramp up to fully be able to understand what that looks like. It's gotten better, but there is a reality to packaging. At one point earlier this semester, we had a couple hundred kids in quarantine or isolation. Packing that up, delivering those meals was certainly a challenge. We've got new means by which students can actually, as soon as they go into quarantine, they're given a notice, they can select food, they can tell us if they're not getting enough food, and we'll give them two meals for that period or for every period that they're looking for it. But I think there was like everything, we, we were learning going into this and we, we got better through time, but it's not perfect. And certainly, you know, we're all looking forward to a day when students can be back in, in the Saga dining hall eating, eating in person. What is the mechanism at the colleges if a member of the community, a student, faculty member, staff feels like something's wrong? Who do they contact? Uh, what are the processes to say, hey, there's something not happening right here? Sure. As always, they can come to any, any of, of 
us that are on call all the time around here. As you, as you probably know, Ted, I've got staff on call 24-7, 365 days a year. We also set up an anonymous means by which people could submit concerns. They did that because we know that much as, as, as uh, was expressed in the Finger Lakes One article, there are there are folks for whom that's a difficult thing and it's a difficult task to think about. So we've we've put an online mechanism for which through which both we, we get a lot of reports from employees, from students, from uh, faculty, and even from folks off campus regarding the behavior of our of our of every member of our community. We address those as soon as we get the complaints or as soon as we get the concerns. The problem for the, the those that are uh, reported anonymously means that I can't go back to the person who made the report and say, hey, we did this. But as I shared in a, a, with a couple of our students, there are times when we get the report, we've acted on it and within eight minutes of the time we, we get the report. So we act on all of these. We can't always share student conduct records with folks. And I think most people know that, but I think there's a desire for more information there. And we're meeting weekly with some of the students who were expressing the concerns to get toward that. Last thing, uh, do you feel like the colleges have been forthcoming and transparent and will be if they do fall short? Will they step forward publicly and say, yes, in this area, we've fallen short? I think we've been, we've attempted at least to be very straightforward and honest and communicate everything we know. I think, Ted, as you know well, this, that there's a, from every level of society, including certainly for us, as we manage a lot with the, with the New York State Department of Health and the guidance that comes from the governor's office, that guidance changes almost daily. And I think that that creates some concern for our employees where they're looking for stability and knowledge, but we're providing what we have Unfortunately, that can change between morning and afternoon and from time to time. Rob Flowers, Vice President of Student Life at HWS. Uh, Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Always good to talk with you. Thanks, Ted. Check out new episodes of FO1 Daily on weekday mornings exclusively on FingerLakes1.com or your favorite podcast listening app. The program was created by Josh Durso and Gabe Petrazio. If you're interested in hearing more episodes, visit fingerlegs1.com slash daily. We can't do shows like this one without your support, so thanks for listening. And if you can, consider becoming a supporter of ours over on patreon.com slash fl1. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you tomorrow.